0: I invite you to please open your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 10. 1 Samuel chapter 10 we will resume our reading of this book today uh, with verses 17 through the end of the chapter. Samuel the prophet has been serving Israel as judge for some time now and due to the corrupt nature of his sons, the people of Israel, specifically the elders of Israel, have demanded that he would give them a king. Now the desire for a king in of itself is not a big deal. The problem is they want a king like the nations. They have rejected the Lord from being king over them. This is how the Lord sees it. He says this in 1 Samuel chapter eight, they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. And then in chapter nine we met Saul who was the Lord's choice for their king. And as you no doubt know, his kingship goes rather poorly. And what we'll see this morning as we look briefly at this passage that chronicles the coronation of Saul is that this act is plainly an act of judgment by the Lord against his people for their sin. And we will also see the two responses that his people offer. So the Lord begins this this coronation ceremony with actually a very stern and plain rebuke to the people. He's contrasting his faithfulness with their faithlessness in verses 18 to 19. He says, I brought up, I delivered, but you have rejected, you have said, set another king over us. And that this is judgment is also even more plainly seen seen in the following verses. Now, Samuel and Saul both already know that Saul will be king, but the people do not know that yet. And so Samuel begins casting lots, and the lot first falls on the tribe of Benjamin. Now, this ought to have been a source of great alarm for the people, because the king that God said he would bless his people through was to come from the tribe of Judah, not Benjamin. And and the lots continue to be cast, and eventually they land on Saul. And things become almost comedic at this moment. Because Saul is nowhere to be found. They're seeking for him. They even ask, is there another man yet to come? And the Lord has to reveal him because he's hiding behind the baggage. But when he stands, he is head and shoulders above all other men. This is a clear instruction from the Bible. We are to be suspicious of tall people. (laughs) And yet, despite all of these warning signs, The overwhelming majority of the people gladly receive this king. They say, long live the king. One is reminded of the words of the prophet Jeremiah who who wrote, the prophets prophesy falsely and the priests rule at their direction. My people love to have it so. Now, there's a second response that we see in this passage and at first it may appear to be pious it's from this son of worthlessness who says how can this man save us and it's true of course that Saul could not and would not deliver God's people but this rebellion does not come from a place of one who wants to have God as king he's a son of lawlessness he wants to be his own king they want they want to be their own autonomous rulers and is that not the spirit of our own age where so many people the majority gladly embrace corruption but there is a loud few that avows for chaos how ought the people of God to respond in a situation like this notice that when the Lord confronts them with their sin they are silent my friends when God confronts you with your sin your response should not be silence but it should be confession and weeping and repentance Notice also that when they, give, when they receive a king according to his judgment rather than his grace, they gladly receive him. My friends, when God's judgment is evident in your life, the, the proper response is to pray along with the prophet Habakkuk, Lord, in wrath, remember mercy. And then there are others who refuse to bow the knee. And my friend, we should gladly bow the knee, but to the true king. We should have gladly bow the knee and confess with our tongue that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And most of all, We should not be those who look for a king like the nations. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but let us be a people who trust in the name of the Lord. Well, with these thoughts in mind, let us give ear now to God's holy, inerrant, and life-giving word. 1 Samuel chapter 10, beginning in verse 17. Now, Samuel called the people together to the Lord at Mizpah. And he said to the people of Israel, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I brought up Israel out of Egypt, and I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all the kingdoms that were oppressing you. But today you have rejected your God, who saves you from all your calamities and your distresses. And you have said to him, set a king over us. Now, therefore, present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your thousands. Then Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel near, and the tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. And he was, brought to the tri- he was brought to the tribe of Benjamin near by its clans. And the clan of the Marites was taken by Lot. And Saul, the son of Kish, was taken by Lot. But when they sought him, he could not be found. So they inquired again of the Lord, is there still a man to come? And the Lord said, behold, he has hidden himself among the baggage. Then they ran and took him from there. And when he stood among the people, he was taller than any of them from his shoulders upward. And Samuel said to the people, Do you see him whom the Lord has chosen? There is none like him among all the people. And all the people shouted, Long live the king. Then Samuel told the people the rights and duties of the kingship, and he wrote them in a book and laid it up before the Lord. Then Samuel sent all the people away, each one to his home. Saul also went to his home at Gibeah, and with him went men of valor whose hearts God had touched. But some worthless fellows said, How can this man save us? And they despised him and brought him no present, but he held his peace. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God abides forever.